Joshua chapter 14, verse 12. 14 and verse 12 says this. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Amalekites were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. But I want to back up and then we're going to pray. Now therefore give me this mountain. I want to preach a message simply entitled If you want it, go take it. It's not up to me to take your mountain. I'm going to say something real, real mind-boggling right here. It's not even up to God to take your mountain. God has empowered you to go and take that thing that God has promised you. The Word says the violent take it by force. What does that mean? We're going to go start a war, not with each other, but it says that it is our job to go take it from the enemy. Father, we ask that you would just anoint us now to speak the word. Lord, it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. It's not about what I desire to say, but it's about everything that you desire to do in this house today. And God, cover us with your presence. Cover us with your anointing. And let the word break in pieces the lies of the enemy in this house today. And we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Turn to your neighbor, smile real big. Look him in the eye and say, I'm the prettiest thing you've seen today. I know you enjoy saying that to Mac. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's Mac that enjoys saying it to you. It's the other way around. I, amen. God is so good this morning. But, but you know, I, I have a habit. When we're at the lake, I get up early and I go sit out when the weather's good and watch the sun come up and watch the boats go out and see how the other half of the lake lives, wishing, you know, you know yeah, what I mean by that. I, I'm talking... You know, them sixty, seventy thousand dollar boats that pass you and you wonder, my goodness, this is how the other half lives. But I sit out there and watch that and and every now and then I, I begin God begins to speak through me and I begin to meditate and two or three weeks ago God began to lay this on my heart and he said, You know what, my people need to understand that that the promises that I made to them, it's up to them to go out and take them and, and make those promises become reality and, and begin to climb those mountains and, and do the things that I have put in their spirit. And, and he reminded me that, that it's not up to him. It's up to him to give the vision. It's up to him to give the promise. But it's up to us to go out and take it. And so often we're sitting around Here's what we do most times as Christian. God, if you'll just God, if you'll just speak to me. God, if you'll just speak to me. We come up for the prayer line. We go, we go stand in front of the prayer team and, and it's the same thing over and over. I mean no disrespect. But I need God to speak to me. And at some point we've got to come to the conclusion that 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 God is just very well might not speak to us again until we follow through with the first time He spoke to us. Okay? Amen. And so I looked at that and my mind went to, to Joshua chapter 14. And 
I begin to understand that that this is Caleb talking here and and you know the story to give you a little brief synopsis Caleb and Joshua were part of the part of the 12 spies and went over into the land of Canaan and you know they all came back and said man there's there there there's there's a uh, grapes they're so big it takes four men to carry them man that place is flowing with milk and honey we never seen so much goody we never seen so much stuff in our life but 10 of them said but there's giants you know yeah, it's good, and yeah, it can sustain us, and yeah, it is what God promised it would be, but there's giants. Can I stop right there and tell you, every promise God makes you, there are always going to be giants standing in your way from achieving whatever it is God told you to achieve. You've got to make up your mind that God is bigger than your giants. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, oh, no, Moses, we can do it. Them giants, they're, 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 yeah, they're giants, but man, our God's bigger. They were the but God crowd. They were, they were yeah, they're there, but God. But we know the story. Moses, for fear of the people, and when I say fear of the people, I'm not just talking about three or fours. No, somebody said, well, you know, Moses should have just been a man and stood up and, and, just, and just did what was right. Honey, we're not talking about just a few people. We're talking about a few million people, Okay. We're talking about a few million. None of us really know how many was there, but, 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 but we're talking about a nation. And so Moses, for fear of the people, said, no, that's okay. We'll, we'll just stay right here for a while. We'll, 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 we can't go across. And so God judged the people. And you know the story. God said that, that none of you will go into the promised land. You're going you're gonna to wander out here until all of you are gone and a new generation is born. All but Joshua and Caleb. And so for the next 40 years, what did they do? Here's what I like to do. My wife hates it when I do this. But they did this. They, they played this around that little mountain out there. They went. Pop goes the wheeze. They walked around that same mountain, Jim, for 40 years. 40 years. Until one day it was time. And all of them were gone. And God said to Joshua, now is the time to go take the land. Now is the time to go take the promises. And before Moses died, he had, Moses had separated and, 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 and the, the different lands of the region to the different families or the different houses of Israel. And so they began doing battle for those houses. And, and Caleb had a promise from God. Caleb had a had a word. Caleb Caleb had had a, had in his mind that there was going to come a day when it was going to be his time. Have you ever felt like you had something from God and you just sitting there wondering, okay, God, when is it going to be my time to be blessed? When is it going to be my time to be healed? When is it going to be my time to have a financial breakthrough? When is it going to be my time to see my children saved? When is it going to be my time to see my promise fulfilled in my life? And I'm here to tell somebody that God sent me by to tell you, right now is your time. It's up to you. It's not up to God. It's up to you. It's your time. Now, I know I just lost two or three people when I said it's not up to God. But you see, you know, we, we got to get out of this mold that, 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 that somehow God is obligated to speak to us again after he's already spoke to us. 
we, we, we got to get out of this mold that, that, that God is obligated to keep reminding us of something he told us 10 years ago. If he told it to you 10 years ago and you believed it was God, it is still God today. God ain't got to keep reminding you of it every day of your life. you got to wake up and start remembering it. Amen. Oh, help me, Jesus. But I thought about that, and I thought this was Caleb's destiny. This, this was his family's destiny. This, this was his children's destiny. This, this was his grandchildren's destiny. Forty years. Now 45 years have gone by. See, 40 years went by, they were wondering, but then they started fighting. Then they started taking the land. And now 45 years have gone by. And I, and I, and I said, God, God began to show me some things that you have to have in order to achieve your destiny. There's some things you have to have in order to achieve what God has called you to do. The first thing you got to have is you've got to have a word. you got to have a not just a word, not a Logos word, not, not the word that we have in this written book. I'm talking about a word. I'm talking about a revelation. I'm talking about a rhema. I'm talking about a word that you know, that you know, that you know that God and only God has spoken into your spirit. Caleb had a word. Caleb in verse, if I get my glasses not to be fogged up, Caleb had a word in verse 6. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of whoever that name is, the Kinsonite, said to him, You know the word. Watch out. You know the word which the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me. You see, for 45 years, Caleb had that word down deep in his spirit. No matter where he went, no matter what he did, the word was always there. And 45 years later, that word came bubbling back to the top of his spirit. And Caleb was reminded that that revelation from God was still his inheritance. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long it's been, church. That word is still the word. In fact, Scripture says in Proverbs 29 and 18 that it's the kind of word, it's the kind of revelation, it's the kind of vision that people cast off restraint or perish without. Amen. Can I tell you, I read something, some, one of my friends put a little thing out on Facebook the other day and said, and this is what it said, it said, I don't have any confidence in your rhema word until you start following the Logos word. In other words, you can tell me you've had all the revelations in the world, but you still got to follow this. Hello. I just thought I'd throw that in. Everybody looking for a revelation, Brother Jim. Everybody, oh, I, God, just speak. Give me a revelation. Give me, give me. This. No, 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 no. First and foremost, you got to follow this. If you're not following this, you can forget about the rhema word because the rhema word is no good if you're not following this. Amen. Because this is the word. This is, this is, this is Jesus right here. Okay, so, so if you're following this, then God can give you a word. If you're following this, then God can give you a vision, a rhema. And once he gives you that rhema, honey, it don't matter if it's been 45 years, it's still from God. Amen. If God told you you were going to be healed 10 years ago, I don't care what the doctor said. I'm not talking about this book says you're going to be healed. That's the Logos word. 
That's the written word. But if God has given you a revelation individually in your private time with Him that you're going to walk in healing, you got to take hold of that word and you got to let it become your life. You got to let it become your God. You got to hang on to it. You got to trust in it. Caleb came to Joshua and said, Joshua, you remember that word. I like that. He started out that word. You remember the word. You remember the revelation that God gave us, me and you both, through Moses. You, you remember that God promised us some things. He said, that's my mountain. He said, Caleb, that mountain is your inheritance. It belongs to your family. It belongs to your children. It belongs to your grandchildren. And you've got to understand, nobody else can have... Oh, can I just stop right there and tell you something? Quit letting, listening to the lies of the devil telling you God's already given your mountain to somebody else. Come on now. The very first message I preached in this church when I first came here, I preached about a tree, that God was guarding your tree. Maybe this is God, guarding your tree part two. I don't know. Amen. You know, the devil will tell you, well, it's been too long. You've done too much. You've made too many mistakes. God's done giving your tree. He's done giving your mountain to somebody else. I got good news for you, church. That tree will stand there till Jesus comes. God won't let anybody else take your mountain because God has promised that mountain to you. So quit listening to that lie, okay? Amen. The second thing you got to have beyond a word, beyond a revelation, is you got to have a certain kind of faith. You got to have the kind of faith that moves mountains. You got to have the kind of faith that the centurion soldier had when he came to Jesus. Now, now this was a Roman soldier that did not know Jesus. He wasn't saved. He wasn't, he wasn't filled in the Holy Spirit. He wasn't walking around speaking in tongues. He, he didn't know anything about this God, Jehovah, that we serve. But somewhere he had heard somebody say something about it. And his servant was sick, so he went to Jesus. And Jesus, was, Jesus said, okay, I'll come. And the centurion said, I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis. The centurion soldier said, no, 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 teacher. You, you don't understand. I am not worthy for you to walk into my door. I am not worthy for you to walk into, into my house. I am a centurion soldier. I am over hundreds of other Roman soldiers. I am responsible for the deaths of many of your people. I am, that's what he was saying. I am responsible for the deaths of many Jews. I, I, I am responsible for the deaths of many Christians. I am not worthy. But I, if you'll just speak it, Jesus, I know that when I get back home, my servant will live. My God, where has that kind of faith gone in the house of God? Where has that kind of faith disappeared to in the people of God? When a centurion soldier can have that kind of faith, but we will all gag around here, act like, act like we've never seen God do anything. Church, it's time to have a little faith in the promise and the destiny that God has called you to. Amen. Caleb, for 45 years, never lost faith. Man, in this microwave society, some of us lose faith if God don't do it in the next 10 minutes. We'll come down to this altar and we'll pray, God, I know you can do it. God, I believe you can do it. God, I know that, you, that, that it's your will to do it. God, I'm putting my faith in you. And we'll cry all kind of tears down here. The minute we get up and walk out that back door, we'll say, well, it must not be in God's will today. 
And we'll go right back out into our own little doubt, doubtful world, our own little world full of fear. If it don't happen in 10 minutes, it just ain't going to happen. Let me tell you, honey, can I just give you something right here? This is not Burger King. This is not McDonald's. You can't always have it your way. Sometimes you got to get it God's way. And sometimes God's way may be driving home through Tarrant through all the traffic lights. See, if you'll have faith and never never doubt, if you'll have the faith that Caleb had, you might be riding through the Tarrant. You might be riding on the interstate. You might be sitting at the lake. You might be on a job. You might be up or you, wherever you are, and it might just hit you wherever you are. And God will come rushing in, and then you'll know. But you got to have faith. Caleb had faith that that was his destiny. Now, I can't stand here and tell you. I would be lying to you if I stood here and told you there hadn't been days in my life over 30 years of pastoring when I felt like, God, where are you? Is it over? In fact, it's been just as recent as just a few months ago. I was praying by myself, sitting at that same spot on the lake, saying, God, where are you? This is not what you called me to do. This is not my destiny. This is not the mandate that you put on my life when I was 17 years old. It's all been fun. It's all been real. It's all been good. But God, this is not what you called me to do. And he began to remind me over and over and over. You're exactly right. So when are you going to get up and do it? You're exactly right. So when are you going to get up and go take the mountain? So when are you going to get up and go climb your tree? When are you going to get up and say to the devil, the devil, today is the day that I am going to go back and begin to follow whatever it is God put on my life to do. It's your mountain. What will you do with it? Gary, it's your healing. It doesn't belong to the devil. It doesn't belong to... To the, the naysayers, it doesn't belong to the doctors. It's yours. Take it by force. Say to the devil this morning, this cancer's got to go in the name of Jesus. Quit putting up with it. Have a little faith in that God's promises are still God's promises. Wow. And then the third thing we got to have is something I remember as a kid seeing church members have. They didn't have a whole lot. You know, I didn't always agree with that, but looking back, I don't, I don't want to go back to that. Man, we, we, we were ignorant at times. Maybe that's the wrong word, but, but you know the day I'm talking about. You know, you, you back in them days where, you know, you almost felt like if you stumped your toe on the coffee table, your salvation would flow out the blood when it bled out the toe, you know. But there's one thing that I miss that that generation had. They had a spiritual determination. It didn't matter. Man, you, you, you call them folks to prayer meeting at 7 o'clock on Sunday morning, the whole church will be there. My God. I mean, there was a determination. I mean, if you needed them to stay there till 2 o'clock in the morning and pray somebody through, they'd be there, Sister Ruby. 
They weren't worried about McDonald's. They weren't worried about... No, they were just had a determination to see God do something in their lives. Church, if we're going to achieve what God's called us to achieve, we got to have a determination, a bulldog mentality. Anybody ever had a bulldog? That thing grabs a hold of a bone, try to get it away from it. They tell me... That a pit bull, I can't remember, but has the, I think a pit bull has the greatest sure force in his jawbones of any dog out there or, or, or close to it. They tell me if it, if it ever locks down on you, you can beat that thing with a baseball bat. And it's almost impossible to get that thing to turn loose unless you kill it. I'm here to tell somebody, if you want what your God's got for you, if you want to fulfill your destiny, if you want your mountain, you got to latch down to that thing like a pit bull and you got to hang on. The devil can hit you with a baseball bat, but you're going to hang on because you know, you know that God has given it to you. But here's what we do. We clamp down on that thing and the devil comes along. Stop that. And we say, Woo! I'm sorry, devil. Woo! A little bit of pressure comes our way. Woo! I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. Honey, if a little bit of pressure was going to do that to, to me this morning, I'd still be at home. Hello? A couple of weeks, two or three weeks ago, man... I everything in the world. I can't even tell you what I was going wrong that weekend. But my neighbors at the lake texted me and said, David, I need you to go home. I need you to sit down in a chair. I don't need you to use no electrical equipment. I don't need you to use no kitchen equipment. I just want you to sit down. Because for three days, it seemed like everything in the world was happening. You remember that weekend? It was the weekend that, that my brakes went out on my truck. I wrecked Linda's car. And, and I said, David, just go home and sit down. And relax. Anybody ever had one of them kind of days? Let me tell you what. If you think the devil's just going to let you climb up your mountain out of the goodness of his heart, you got another thing coming. If you think the devil's just going to sit back and let you achieve what God's got for you to achieve, you got another thing coming. The devil's going to put out every arsenal he's got. The devil's going to pull out every baseball bat he's got. He's going to fire everything he's got at you. You're going to have a bulldog tenacity, a determination to do whatever it is God's called you to do. Watch this now. 45 years. Here's what, here's, I'm going to have to stay here a minute because somebody needs to get this. For 45 years, Caleb's had that word and that faith of that word stuck up inside of him. He's been determined. He, he's been like a bulldog. He's, but for 45 years, he's walked around. And along the way, watch this now, along the way, along the way, Caleb got caught up in everybody else's battles. You see, because it wasn't just Caleb's mountain they had to take. It was all those mountains they had to take. It was all those land they had to take. It wasn't just Caleb's family. It was, it was the other 12 tribes of Israel's family too. And for five years, once the battle started, after 40 years the battles got started, Caleb was caught up in everybody else's fight. It's okay. Caleb was, Caleb was helping somebody. He was helping John over here. 
cast out his demons. He, he was helping Susie over here get to her mountain. He, he, was helping, he was helping Denise over here get her children saved. For, for all these years, he was caught up in everybody else's fight. And that's okay. Sometimes, have you ever found yourself, you're needing something from God, but it seems like you're always caught up in somebody else's fight. It seems like you're always caught up in helping somebody else achieve their mountain. You're always caught up in helping somebody else learn to get to their destiny. And, and sometimes you push yours to the back burner because you know that, that well, Susie's going through it so bad, i got to help her get to her. And that's okay. That's okay. But all the while, Caleb... All the while, Caleb helping Susie fight her battle and, and, helping, and helping John fight his battle and helping, helping David over here cast out his demons and all the while helping everybody else doing good for the God. All the while, somewhere down deep inside, Caleb knew there was going to come a day when he was going to go, be able to, he was going to have to launch out and fight his own battles. A determination to keep going. A determination not to give up on the call that God has on his life. He never lost the faith. He never lost the, 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 the determination to see the promise come through in his life. You know, sometimes in your fight for good, sometimes in your fight to help others get to their destiny, here's what you'll start thinking. Well, maybe this is what I'm called to do. Maybe this is what I'm really supposed to be doing. Maybe this is why God's gotten me here. You see, that's a, that's, a, that, that's a good thing to think. Except when God's got a separate call on your life. Except when God's got a separate destiny for you. Amen. But, but you see, you'll get trapped in that mindset. Well, this is just where I'm supposed to be. And you know what? Five years ago by, ten years ago by, 45 years ago by, and you'll still be helping other people, which is great. But after 45 years, something happened deep down inside of Caleb's spirit. And he said, God, I can almost hear him, God, it's been fun helping everybody else. It's been fun. But I've been looking at that mountain every day. And I can almost hear the Spirit of God say to Caleb, if you want it, go take it. The fourth thing you got to have is you got to have the right kind of hearing. You got to be able to hear God say the time is right. You got to be able to know when it's time. To, to leave everybody else's fight and go start your own fight. You got to know when it's time. Say, I love you, Susie. I love you, Timmy. I love you, Johnny. And I'm praying for you. But it's time for my family to go take their mountain. It's time for my family to go achieve the destiny that God has put on our lives. And so he goes to Joshua, you know, 45 years, Caleb said to Joshua. I can't, let me just back up. Let me just tell you how long that's been. 
Caleb's children are now no, they're not children no more. They're grown. They got kids of their own. And I'm sorry, I'm trying not to get emotional, but this message hits home, Brother Jim. Caleb's grandchildren, they don't even remember when their granddaddy was, was the great leader that he was. My grandchildren aren't in here, but my grandchildren don't even, they probably can't even remember ever hearing me preach. That's just the God's honest truth. Caleb's children are grown. Caleb's grandchildren are running around. And finally it hit him. It's been long enough. It's time for my family to see me stand back up on the rock. It's time for me to blow the battle horn. It's time for me to take that mountain. And so he goes to Joshua. He says, Joshua, you remember that? 45 years ago when... God gave us a word through the man of God, Moses, that that was my mountain. He said, Caleb, Joshua, I know I'm old. I know I look feeble. I know it looks like I'm weak. But I'm here to tell you, I'm just as strong today as I was 45 years ago. I'm just as able to take that mountain today as I was 45 years ago. My children are ready for battle. My servants are ready for war. My grandchildren are perked up. They see something about to take place in the family. We're ready. The battle horns are blowing. Give me my mountain. And if the song was written in them days, I could almost hear Caleb singing, This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. When I'm tired, I praise Him anyway. This is how I fight my battles. When I'm weak, I give Him praise. This is how I fight my battles. When I'm going bankrupt, I give my tithe anyway. This is how I fight my battles. When my knees are feeble, I dance anyway. When the doctors say I'm going to die, I fight anyway. This is how I fight. Give me my mountain. And so Joshua said, okay, homeboy, go for it. I'm not stopping you. Go for it. It's your mountain. Go take it. You see, Caleb felt like he needed to get Joshua's permission. But in reality... God had already given the permission 45 years ago. And I'm here to tell somebody, if God put a mandate on your life, if God put a calling on your life, if God gave you a rhema word, I don't care if it's been 45 years, if God has not changed, that word is still just as strong today as it was yesterday. Heard somebody the other day say, it might have been pastor, I don't remember. Stop asking God for what you need to do 
until you start doing the last thing God told you you needed to do. And Caleb said, okay, it's time. It's time. And then the last thing that Caleb had to have that's very important here, there is no definition for it. But Caleb had to have a go in his spirit. Okay? What does that mean, Pastor? That means you got to allow yourself to get out of the comfortable zone. you you got to allow yourself to move out away from, from where everything is nice and easy for you. you you got to move out away from where everything is just sort of handed to you and everything's sort of peachy creams and nothing. there's no pressure in there. Everything's cool because we all like it there, don't we? Caleb had to have that, that go spirit. Caleb had to have that something inside of him that pushed him out of his comfort zone. Amen. Because you know what? He had to have known in this fight for this mountain, I'm going to lose some servants. Hello. There's going to be some servants going to die in this battle. In fact, I know we don't like to think about it, but but maybe it was, you know, I might even lose some children in this battle. This battle's going to be tough. This battle's going to be bloody. This battle's going to be hard. Church, I need to remind you, it's war. The end result may be the difference between your children dying and going to hell and, and getting saved and going to heaven. This, this end result may be the difference of you dying of a disease that you're not supposed to die of or you standing up here proclaiming that God has healed you. This is war. But Caleb, Caleb said it's time. He and his family, he didn't have a right to ask anybody else to help him. I'm sure he did. I don't know. But it was his family's responsibility to go take that mountain. It was his son. you got to understand when the Bible talks about family, it didn't just mean blood family. Everybody that lived in that household, every servant, every maid, every man, everything in that was considered within the realms of the family. That's what Joshua meant when he said, it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. He wasn't just talking about his wife, him and his wife and his children. He said, if you live in this house, my daughter will tell you, my son will tell you, now, I don't have to worry about that with my daughter, but they'll both tell you, if you move back in this house even for a month, I don't care if you're just waiting to get your new house built, if you move in this house, come Sunday morning, sorry, Pastor, but I'm going to say it, you're getting your butt up out of bed, you're getting your butt ready for church, and you're going to church. You don't have to go to my church, but you better get ready and put your makeup on and get in your car and drive off and act like you're going to church somewhere. I don't care if you drive up and down Interstate 65 for three hours. You better make me think you went to church. Because you're not staying up in here. I can see Caleb go to his children. Are you ready? Are you ready, son? Are you ready? And I can hear his sons say, Daddy, we've been ready. What you need us to do? He said, it's time for us to go take our mountain. 
God's got a mountain for you. Stand to your feet or I'm going to keep preaching. Jim going to kill me if I take his time. I don't know what you're going through today. I just felt in my spirit that somebody needed to hear it's time to go take your mountain. It's time for you to get up off the bench and say to the enemy, today is my day. This is my moment to shine. This is my moment in the sun. I know it's tough. I know the battles are heavy. Uh, you've heard pastors say it, and I'll say it. There were many Monday mornings where I quit on God after a rough Sunday. But I'm still here. God's big enough to handle your quitting. He's big enough to keep you from quitting. But you got to make up your mind. Do you want to keep playing three blind mice around the mountain? Dun, 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 dun. Do you want to keep playing that game? Or do you want to get up and go take what it is that God has promised to your family? God, I hear God saying, you've been faithful. But that word that I put in you a long time ago, it's still there. I hear God saying, don't give up on it. Don't give up on me, God says. Sort of. Jason, stand behind him. You're going to have to obey God for a moment, Brother Jim. God said, there's been moments when you've doubted. When you've said to yourself, okay, God, this is just the way it's going to be. And you've almost made yourself believe you're just going to have to accept the way things are. But God said, no, that mountain is still yours. Father, in the name of Jesus, give him strength right now. Give him strength to trust you, God, and never give up. You see, God, church, is ready to do things in your life that you have made yourself believe that you were never going to see. I had even told Linda this, but yesterday morning our neighbor at the at the lake and you don't have to know these neighbors they're good people. We love them. They live there. But I was sitting out doing my usual routine, sitting at the lake early yesterday morning, and she just walked up and sat down beside me. 
and said, David, I know you're out here probably praying and meditating like you always do, but she said, can I interrupt you for a minute? And with tears in her eyes, she began to just talk about how angry she was at God because her mother's got dementia. She said, my mom's been faithful. My mom's paid her tithes. My dad's went, they went to church. They, they drug us to church when we were kids. And now I'm, and this is, she sort of snarled. You know, she said, now nah, I'm so angry I could spit nails. I said, why would God let this happen to my mother? You'd have to know this person. This, was, this caught me off by surprise. Linda, tell you. <laughs> Jim's met my neighbors at the lake. This caught me by surprise. And for a brief moment, God reminded me. This is what I've called you to do. This is who you are. This is that mountain you're supposed to be taking. And he just gave me an opportunity to sit there and witness to her, pray with her. Did I have an answer for her? Why God, why her mother? No, I didn't have no answer. Bad stuff happens to good people. But it reminded me, can I tell you, God is reminding you today. He's still there. It's still your mountain. I know i got to close. It's still yours. Go take it. Quit walking around it. Go take it. Quit waiting on somebody else to take it for you. Go take it. Quit waiting on husband and wife and daughter and son and children and everybody else to do it. You go take it. Because you know what? When you rise up and go take it, everybody else will follow. The moment Caleb decided it was time, his children, his family, his servants followed. Because they didn't have a right to say it was time. The only one that had a right to say it was time to go do it was Caleb. Quit coming up here trying to hoping pastor give you a word. Some of us come in here every Sunday morning hoping, Lord, if it's you, just Pastor Larry, call my name out. Let pastor say over on the left side of the building, that guy sitting over there in that purple shirt with a pink collar, and God speaking to you, come up. That's what we wait on. We've been trained to do that. We have. Or we come here the other way. God, if this, if, if this ain't you, then, then you know, and we come up with all this, this garbage. When God has already spoke to you. Let me tell you what. The pastor God is never going to lay anything on my heart to speak anything into your life that he hadn't already spoke to you previously. There, if you if you go somewhere to a revival or church service and some cat calls you up and starts speaking a bunch of stuff into your life and you hadn't heard it from yourself already in some form or fashion, you better run from it. Because God will only use me to verify what He's already spoke to you. I'm going to say that again. God will only use me to verify what He's already spoke to you through some form or fashion in your life. 
And so here God just reminds you, go take your mountain. He's already spoke it. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, can I tell you, He's waiting on you. He's always there, waiting, trusting, believing that you're coming home. If you're sick in body, just lift your hands up and say, God, I'm healed. Would you just bow your head? We're going we're gonna to pray right quick together as a corporate body. And if you're lost this morning, all you got to do is pray this prayer. And God will hear it. If you're sick, just say, God, heal me. If you're listening and watching right now by, on Facebook Live, just bow your head right where you are and pray. If you're sick, just believe God for your healing right now. Father God, I know that you are my Savior. I know that you died on the cross, Jesus, that my sins would be forgiven. And today, God, I want to give you my life. I want you to take my sins. Forgive me of all of my failures and my faults. Forgive me of all of my sin. Write my name down in the Lamb's book of life. I accept you this morning as my Savior. God, I'm sick in my body. I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm trying to stand on your word by your stripes. I am healed. So right now, I say to you, oh God, I am healed. The cancer is gone. The strength is coming back to my limbs. I'm throwing away this wheelchair. My heart is pumping normal. My arthritis is gone. I'm bending my elbows and my legs. My back problem is gone. I'm bending over. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. And I give you the praise. And now, God, I take my mountain. I'm back up on the horse. And I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name. It's very simple, church. Very simple. You just got to say yes. We used to sing a song in the church, a little chorus that said, Yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. Yes, Lord, yes, I will obey. It's as simple as a yes. And you know what? Once you start to climb up the mountain, God will finish the climb. But you got to start it. Have you been blessed today? I think I'm supposed to give it back to Jim, let him dismiss. I took a little bit of his time, not too much. I went six minutes over. Pastor, be proud. Because he usually goes 15 minutes over. But just just make up your mind. You're, you're going to just... And let me just say... When you leave here today, allow God to stir up that promise in your spirit. Allow God to remind you of it. It's there. It's just got to be stirred up. It's just, you know, just take a spiritual stick and start stirring. Isn't it what Paul said to Timothy? Timothy, that's, that, that same thing that was in your grandmother and your mama is inside of you. Just stir it up. Get it stirred up. Get it coming bubbling back over. 
And then say, God, yes, I'll go do it. I'll fulfill the destiny that you've got for my life. What a shame it would be for you to stand in the presence of God saved. You're saved, but what a shame it would be to stand in the presence of God and see a picture of that mountain still standing over there that you never, ever went and took. Saved. Forgiven, but you never achieved in life what God called you to achieve. What a shame. What a shame. Take the bull by the horns and go do it today, okay?